everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Warden Fintech Podcast. I'm your host, Nate G, and today I had the pleasure of hosting Jeremy Shui, CEO of Finley Technologies. Jeremy co-founded Finley in 2020 to create software that simplifies companies' debt capital raising and management, effectively to modernize their legacy debt management systems that can date back decades. Jeremy and I discussed his original motivation and idea for Finley that came about during his years in banking at Goldman Sachs. We also covered the challenges that borrowers typically face nowadays and how this compares to equity fundraising, as well as the innovations we've seen in consumer credit. Specifically, we discuss how Finley can help companies streamline and automate their debt management, in part through digitizing the key data of lengthy credit agreements. Jeremy and I also went into the current market landscape, particularly in private credit, as well as his takeaways from participating in Y Combinator and more recent fundraising. I really enjoyed the discussion with Jeremy today, and I hope you liked the episode. Hey, Jeremy, welcome to the Warden Fintech Podcast. It's uh, it's great to have you on. Where are you calling in from today? Hey, Nate, how's it going? Uh, I am typically based in the Bay Area, and this week I'm in New York. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, to start us off, I'd love to hear a bit about your background and prior career and how it all led you to found a company. Awesome. Uh, so everyone, I'm Jeremy Shway, CEO of Finley. We provide software to help streamline the debt capital raise and management process. Uh, born and raised uh, in Texas and a proud alum of the University of Texas at Austin and started my career in a strategy consulting for a firm called Oliver Wyman, consulting for major banks and financial institutions. And then uh, most notably prior to Finley was at Goldman Sachs. Uh, with a career in lending and investing. And when you were at Goldman, was there a, a key moment or catalyst that pushed you to finally make the move on starting Finley and leaving your prior role at Goldman? Absolutely. Yeah, I remember uh, back in 2019, I uh, was in the special situations group at, at Goldman Sachs, and uh, we did a wide range of, of lending and investing. So everything from software companies to sports franchises to waste management companies. And I realized that regardless of the the type of company we worked with, uh, we had really similar pain points. There was a lot of spreadsheets, a lot of emails that weren't tracked anywhere, a uh, ton of data that was was really cumbersome to to report on and, and much less uh, make sense of. Uh, so I remember trying to explain this all to my brother who who had a software background and, and really grew up in Silicon Valley. And, you know, fast forward a few months, um, you know, lucky for the, the co-founding team to, to get together and, and tackle a space that they're, that we're all passionate about with the help of Y Combinator. Nice. So it was sort of the perfect uh, mix of minds between, between you and your brother to finally just set this into motion a few years ago, it sounds like. That's right. That's right. Um, I think there's few ideas I'm I'm passionate enough about to uh, to build a company and probably even fewer people that I'd start something with. So when the timing works out, uh, figured uh, it's kind of a now or never type of moment. There you go. And I, I guess fast forwarding to now, how has Finley grown in the past few years since then? And what does it look like nowadays as for the problems that it's solving and the clients that you're serving? Absolutely. So uh, fast forward to now, we have been around uh, three years and we're a, a mighty team of a few dozen split between uh, San Francisco and New York and a few other cities. Uh, we're really still on the same mission to create software that lenders and borrowers love. 
And while you know we're finding that debt capital is really an industry where software and tooling hasn't changed in decades, uh, the attitude uh, around the space has really begun to shift, even in the the short time that that we've been in it. To going from believing that it's a problem, it's a you know industry that lacks innovation to believing that it's a, a software-shaped problem to, you know, to investors and, and companies now searching actively for tools to to make their lives easier. Uh, it's all kind of been compressed in a pretty short timeline. And the, the attitude shift that you're describing is, I guess, basically an openness across the industry to just realize that a lot of what has been done traditionally is just dated and there's software like Finley's that could really help make things way more efficient. Exactly. I would say one driving factor is uh, just the the focus on capital efficiency these days. Whether you're a you're a big bank or a, a credit fund or uh, just an everyday investor, everyone is uh, kind of primed to look for not only the best investment idea, but uh, the best way to execute uh, and the best tool and, and teams and process to do so. And speaking more on some of the the issues that you're addressing, I'd love to hear an example or two of just how difficult it can be for companies to comply with certain loan covenants or just more broadly other challenges that corporate borrowers face managing private credit. And then how does Finley help? Absolutely. Uh, So when I was at Goldman Sachs, I was on the other side, kind of working with dozens of uh, corporate borrowers, helping them maintain compliance, oftentimes with their kind of like 100 page credit agreements. Uh, so as a, as a CFO or finance leader, there's so much you need to do to run your business. You gotta you gotta forecast the budget, plan for headcount, process payroll, and we were requiring the CFO, CFOs to kind of know the ins and outs of all the requirements associated with what days of the month they had to send reporting, when they had to renew insurance by, which auditors they can engage with uh, at at year end. And so those are just a few examples of the the kind of rules that were baked into these legacy old school contracts, the credit agreement. Hmm. Um, yeah, that really lacks new age tools and uh, and software uh, to support. And on that software point, I guess if you could talk a little bit more about the technology that enables Finley to digitize so much convoluted information from lengthy credit agreements and to automate monitoring of compliance with loan covenants. Could you summarize how you explain this to venture investors, at least touching on the tech that makes it all work? That's a great question. So a lot of the innovation that's happening at Finley, basically making it easier for for corporate borrowers and and lenders. We actually look to innovation that's happening in the consumer credit space. So nowadays, just like uh, if you're a consumer, you can kind of easily apply for a credit card, maybe lock, unlock the card, check your credit score, you know, see uh, your credit limit for that month. None of that really exists in the corporate credit space. When our customers, maybe Series B, Series C fintechs, are applying for 50 to $100 million loans from uh, Goldman Sachs, call it, uh, the process might take three to six months at times. And oftentimes it's painful and likely enough to, to get access to that $50 million credit line but it can be just as painful following all the rules and the 100-page credit agreement so that you don't get penalized uh, by Goldman for for breaking a, a covenant uh, or two. 
So really, it's a lot of the inspiration and a lot of the technology that you're building out is driven by the innovation that we see in consumer credit that has just lagged behind in the corporate side. That's exactly right. Uh, I believe that you know, someday in the not too distant future, companies can go to banks and get access to loans. You know, the loans that that power their growth or that can be the difference between growth and stagnation. And then staying in compliance and operations won't require a, a kind of team of analysts and accountants uh, working on end to to comply with a Goldman or, or JP Morgan's rule set. So the borrowing itself, the origination is less of the issue than just maintaining and keeping in compliance with all of the stipulations in the credit agreement. And that's really where Finley comes in. That's exactly right. I would say uh, two of the, the biggest problems we aim to solve at, at Finley would be on the origination side, the application for uh, credit from borrowers and lenders is pretty lengthy, but then whole new set of business problems uh, once you enter that five-year relationship between a borrower and a lender. I think another frame of reference that, that might help uh, visualize what you're doing is sort of an illustration of the difference in tools available on the equity fundraising side uh, versus those on the private debt side. Could you touch on that a little bit as well? Absolutely. So yeah, as far as innovation goes, two of our main source of inspiration would be what you call the consumer credit side of things, but then also uh, the equity side of the house or kind of the 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 cousin of, of debt financing. So if you're a finance leader or CFO today, or, or even a founder, you have Carta to manage your cap table, you have AngelList to, to assist with the fundraising side of things. But uh, zooming out, if you think about debt, which is really the only other way to, to finance your business, um, very, very little tooling available to, to those finance leaders. It's still spreadsheets, it's still, you know, emails with, with dozens of investors and yeah, and, and difficult to track correspondence. And I think that might lead us pretty well into uh, a related point on the relationships that startups have with debt financing. You know, given how often we hear about equity, uh, how and when does debt play into startups' capital allocation strategy, especially in the current environment that we're in? That's a great question. So at Finley, we've uh, worked with hundreds of companies at this point to, to help them understand their their capital strategy and how raising debt or equity uh, might help them meet their uh, business objectives. So. I would say the number one biggest piece of advice that we might give to founders is just understanding how capital strategy might help them meet their next business objectives. If you're a, you know, if you're a founder, maybe uh, you're thinking about what loans or equity to take out to hit that next growth milestone. If you're a late stage CFO, uh, you're thinking about maybe the the most strategic time to refinance your debt in the current current market environment. So we're seeing the best leaders uh, really think you know, several quarters, years ahead now of which financing partners they should target. If you are working with uh, maybe a credit union or regional bank today, maybe you'll grow and, and be able to take on kind of more institutional debt uh, a year, two years from now, that's at a lower interest rate. So this is a kind of big departure from a year, two years ago when 
probably the cost of capital was a little less important and, and less nuanced. Yeah, when you talk about higher interest rates, but also just how that plays into finding lending partners, nowadays, given the especially tight borrowing conditions, what types of lenders are servicing startups? Is that even happening? And what are the general conditions that they require of startups in order to lend them money? Great question. So the first question on the lender side, who's servicing startups? We detail a lot of this on our blog, just tracking uh, which credit funds, which banks, play in the venture debt space and the asset-backed debt space. Uh, but you're totally right. It's kind of a ever-changing landscape and kind of moving goalposts for a, for a CFO to track if they're tracking who's kind of in the market to extend debt. And then to your second question, as far as you know, how have the requirements, the conditions uh, changed to raise debt, we have seen the bar uh, get much higher. Uh, I think in the past, simply raising an equity round or or having a you know a true institutional sponsor might be sufficient to raise debt mm-hmm. we're seeing lenders require really more uh, a larger kind of track record of, of operating history and sometimes even profitability before they extend that 20 50 billion dollar credit line I want to ask about some developments in the macro economy and funding landscape that I think are especially pertinent to you and to Finley uh, so in the past few years, it seems like some of these developments have probably served as good tailwinds for Finley to go in and help new companies. And I'm thinking of how venture funding slowed down this past year or two, pushing some startups more towards private debt. Well, at the same time, higher interest rates are making it not just costlier to service debt, but also harder to comply with loan covenants. Is there anything to add to that explanation? And how would you describe the macro conditions of the past few years in relation to Finley's growth? That's a great question. There is so much complexity to debt, and we're very lucky at Finley to have a front row seat to what the most innovative uh, lenders and borrowers are doing and and how they're using debt. So um, yeah, I would say the number one thing that uh, we're seeing is just probably an increasing number of use cases in how debt is used by companies today. I think even 10, 15 years ago, venture debt, maybe not quite a thing. And then you fast forward to now, uh, debt has really inhabited a lot of the the space of equity investors. And where equity investors have retreated, you've seen structured debt, structured equity, venture debt kind of kind of inhabit. And from a Finley perspective, you know, we really have one goal. It's supporting the lender-borrower relationship with software and tooling uh, to help both sides navigate a, a relationship that is inherently really complex. You know, when there's hundreds of millions of dollars on the line, it kind of follows that there should be rules to, to protect both sides and and guardrails in place uh, to make sure that, that both sides are set up for success. So Finley's been able to continue to, I guess, work in conjunction with and alongside this backdrop of just whatever macro conditions might be fueling broader uses of private debt and you know that's exactly right yeah Yeah. okay for us i like to think about our tooling and our configuration and and our north star of really like what are the requirements that are our market today and, and in those credit agreements between borrowers and lenders and so as we've seen innovation and kind of like 
how how lenders are lending to borrowers. Sometimes they'll they'll lend, for example, based off of, hey, you need to have two, three, five, ten years of runway before I'll extend you this twenty million dollar credit line. It's it's that much more important that we can track those types of financial rules and kind of keep up to date with how companies are being evaluated. Makes sense. And I think it'd be a good time now to move towards your go-to-market strategy, especially in light of the exciting news with your recent Series A fundraising round. Uh, so to what extent is your focus on fintech and real estate as sectors for your clients, as in your you know original clients? And do you envision expanding the sector focus or even targeting more Mature companies. I know a lot of the early focus was on like startups, earlier stage. Yeah, where do you where do you see Finley going next as far as clients you might service down the road? My personal ambition for Finley is three, five, ten years from now, uh, we're the the one debt tool to to rule them all. So uh, it doesn't matter the type of debt, the type of industry, the type of segment. Every lender and borrower should be able to to operate and do business on Finley. Uh, from a go-to-market standpoint, you're exactly right. You know, we were kind of born in the heart of Silicon Valley and Y Combinator and Bain and 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 CRV uh, as investors. And a lot of our early customers were our peers, uh, the Series A, Series B startups. But mm-hmm. uh, zooming out, yeah, you know, I've always believed that rather than trying to pick which areas of debt. Are going to be really, really hot and, and having that crystal ball just to really uh, talk to your customers, talk to the, the institutions, the funds, uh, the banks of kind of areas they want to invest in in the next year, couple of years. And yeah, if you keep your nose to the ground and continue chatting with your customers and your clients, they'll kind of lead you on, on where to go to and, and make sure that you can always support their use cases. So you're getting a pulse on where to go next from your current clients, but then also just who is maybe making the most use of debt capital these days and in the days to come. But at the same time, you know, we can't predict exactly how that will shape out. So it's really just keeping an eye on those things, but also just remaining sort of as, as omnipresent as you can and taking on new clients. That's right. That's right. If you would ask 2021, Jeremy, I would say, hey, it's it's these five verticals, it's fintech, real estate, transportation, and, and these five only. Uh, but I think what we're realizing now at Finley, growing up through a, growing up through a few cycles is, you know, uh, a few years back, uh, small loans, $10, $20 million credit facilities were, were pretty in. And then in the current climate, we're seeing loans actually get much bigger. So capital is kind of attracting to the larger companies, uh, but wouldn't be surprised if, you know, in a future cycle, albeit next year or five years from now, uh, we see a cyclical pattern uh, for loans getting smaller and, and more fragmenting of the space. So we try to stay nimble, try to f- stay flexible to accommodate all types of debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of, call it a versatile, call it fickle. Uh, oftentimes <laughs> we're dealing with, with investors that they're also shaping their own investment strategies. And in, in hoping to remain nimble, I, I'd love to hear a bit about maybe a recent success story with a new client that, that you brought on or a relationship that's grown. If you could give us a picture of, of something recent or something notable, I think that'd be great to hear. 
Absolutely. Uh, so one partnership that uh, we're ex- really excited by is with a firm called uh, Clearhaven Capital Management out of, out of New York. And so uh, they partner with uh, startups, a lot of fintech startups that launch their own financial products. So this is a really exciting partnership because recently we worked with Clearhaven to establish a program where from the very first moment, uh, some of their corporate borrowers on board uh, as borrowers you know, to their lending platform, we're right there every step of the way to make sure uh, that those CFOs are uh, equipped for kind of everything that's that's required in the Clearhaven relationship. And then really just equipped with best practices as they go to scale their their startup from a you know, series A company to a to growth stage company and, and you know public and beyond. So uh, very excited for the the partnership with Clearhaven to really just be like a trusted advisor from day one of, of these companies that have really never taken on debt before and to, to grow and scale with the fund over time. So Clearhaven is the lender here, but also serves in an advisory capacity to these startups who can then make use of Finley to simplify all the you know general steps and requirements involved with managing their debt. Is that sort of the, the nature of the partnership? Explain That's right. So Clearhaven is the, you know, the lender to a lot of the startups and then roping in Finley as a, okay. a trusted advisor and, and software vendor from day one. Well, good news and glad to hear about what seems like a great new partnership. And I think now that we've talked about your current outlook for Finley in the next, you know, three, five, ten years, whatever the time frame might be, I want to step back and ask about your experience a few years ago with Y Combinator. How did this accelerator program experience help to shape Finley's vision? And has that foundation held over time? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so are we came out of the winter 2021 uh, Y Combinator batch. And so for myself, kind of being on my founder journey, I found it incredibly helpful. Uh, just the mentorship and the community provided by uh, by YC at that time. And if I had to pick uh, one thing that was really helpful for YC was, I think just creating space for uh, the founding team to have conversations about uh, the DNA of the company. Are we, uh, you know, are we a, a move quickly and break things type of company or, or a measure twice, cut once company, you know? Mm-hmm. Do we care about, um, what is it? Maybe like like radical transparency and communication or uh, are we cool with like a decentralized org and everyone owning their own outcome? So I think YC was a great forcing function for the founders to really get ahead a lot of the tough questions and kind of identity forming parts of the company that really happened in the ensuing few years. So it sounds like a huge part of it was really just framing the mindset and the basic principles of how you'd go about and run this company based on the idea that you had. So a lot of it was sort of centered around that. That's right. It's kind of like a you build a great product and attract the right people and the score kind of takes care of itself. So um, yeah, I thought YC really helped us just get our priorities in order and really get on the same page as an early team. And how have the more recent venture backers been involved in really like shaping the vision and driving forward progress at Finley? Yeah, I think for any great company, the the biggest asset is 
is talent and the people. Um, so we've been really lucky with you know our venture partners that like uh, CRV Bay and Upper Ninety YC, and just helping us kind of source, evaluate, reference, and screen uh, for the best talent. Even at this stage of the company, like the uh, we're deeply entrenched in debt capital, the yeah. the idea, the space, like the the product vision is is pretty clear. So just getting like the right people on board before we enter the next phase is 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 always top of mind and having like-minded investors uh, makes it all the more easier. So they're pretty instrumental in like building out your team um, and you know new new folks who are coming on board to help shape the vision from here on out. That's exactly right. I would say they've seen, you know, they've uh, invested in companies even earlier than ours and and taken them public. So uh, just having a sounding board for like who are the right types of leaders, who are the right types of contributors at every stage has been uh, really helpful for me personally. And on that note, I, I now want to ask you, given so much exposure you have to these fintech investors, but also so much exposure to fin- these fintech clients, I, I would bet you have a pretty good pulse on what's going on in the world of fintech. And I'm curious if there are any trends you're following closely or are most excited about, you know, in fintech, but also maybe just the economy and market beyond fintech as well. Uh, like everyone else, pretty curious about the role of you know AI in fintech. I think something it's going to be a magic bullet from everything from like credit scoring to underwriting to you know self-written credit agreements and doc gen- document generation. Uh, others are pretty skeptical that mm. you know, like a lot of other uh, areas, financial services might be the the laggard or late adopter when it comes <laughs> to the newest tech. Um, so we have our own views at Finley. We're we're certainly tinkering with how we might be able to use the latest and greatest in tech to to speed up implementation or you know help make sense of all the interesting debt and capital markets data that that we're seeing um, and have access to. But yeah, I, I would say that's that's probably the one of the things that that keeps me up at night. It's, it's just making sure we're not behind on any of the latest trends. Well, when you mention AI, it does remind me that when I read about Finley and what you guys are doing, especially things like digitizing huge credit agreements, uh, it seems like an area where AI might really play into your software. And I'm I'm curious, is that the case? Do you see the potential for that in the future? Oh, man. Yeah, again, I wish I had a, I had a crystal ball. But yeah, we do use AI today to basically create like spark notes versions of the credit agreements these 100 200 page agreements and it'll be really interesting to to see how it comes out like i i think we're just scratching the surface for kind of call it glorified note taking if you will of <laughs> of the the legal documents transaction documents that we touch uh, but certainly there's like much cooler powerful sexier use cases uh, on the horizon well, hey, when I think about the time that I've spent reading credit agreements and just parsing them out before AI was even a word I would really think about all that much, it seems like a pretty applicable and relevant use case. So that is exciting that you're already that you're already kind of there and we'll see how you continue to maybe build out with with AI in the future. To wrap us up, we typically like to end 
with a question that lets listeners get to know you a bit better. So what's a fun fact about you that people might not know? So I've always, I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. Yeah, if I wasn't a B2B SaaS nerd, I'd, I'd be something else. Uh, but one of the kind of the first uh, ventures is generous, but first projects I had with uh, a couple of friends out of college was actually renovating uh, an old nightclub uh, in Dallas to what we called the Museum of Memories. So it was uh, early days in the the days of Instagram museums, like uh, a museum of ice cream and, and other concepts. And it was a lot of fun just kind of like put together art, murals, hands-on interactive exhibits to end up attracting over like 25,000 uh, visitors over the years. Oh my so, God. Yeah, I like to think if I wasn't, you know, if I wasn't in B2B SaaS and, and FinTech, I would, uh, yeah, maybe, uh, you know, be an influencer or creator and and uh, a big brick and mortar guy, so. You could do that. You could be like an interior designer. I don't know. That that's That's really cool that you did that. Um, is it still up and going or was that just sort of, a, a an older project? Yeah, we, we had a, we officially ended our, uh, our run in early 2022, I believe. But for those of you listeners curious, Hey, Museum of Memories is the Instagram handle and, uh, yeah, please check us out. Jeremy, it's been a blast to speak with you today about everything that's going on at Finley. Thank you for your time. We really appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me, Nate. And for any, uh, listeners who want to get in touch, uh, we're always, yeah, we uh, would love to hear from you, anyone looking for roles in engineering product or, or sales, and feel free to drop me a note at jeremy at finleycms.com. So Finley is hiring, another another important point. Finley to is hiring. Finley is open for business. So we are uh, hiring, we're growing, and we're really lucky that the best of it is, uh, is ahead of us. Amazing. Thank you again, Jeremy. Bye, Nate. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Wharton FinTech Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please follow us on social media or give us a review. We appreciate your support and hope that you'll continue to spread the word to more listeners. If you'd like to keep up with all the content from our FinTech community, please subscribe to our podcast channel and find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Medium at Wharton FinTech, where you'll be able to find articles, interviews, and much more analyzing all aspects of the FinTech industry. As always, thank you to our editor, Rafa Austria. And until next time, I'm your host, Nate G.